Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. This is episode 83 of The Grow Guides, and we're talking about different ways to optimize the water you give to your plants. But before we move on to The Grow Guides, I just want to ask you guys for a favor. If you know anybody who wants to learn how to grow cannabis, then please refer them to our Grow Guides. As I said, there's 83 episodes now, and you can go to episode one and make your way through the whole lot of them over on our website, which is highonhomegrown.com. If you head there and just click on the Grow Guides tab, you will see there's a box where you can play all of the episodes from start to finish you just go to the top press play and you will start from episode one and make your way all the way through to episode 83 that might take a while but the episodes are there for anybody who wants to learn how to grow their own cannabis so if you have a friend or a family member who wants to get into growing then please do refer this podcast to them and they can listen to just the grow guides episodes over on our website and that's the same for the interviews as well if you just want to listen to the interviews you can find them over on our website as well so go and check out the website highonhomegrown.com and please share it with a friend if you haven't done that before that would be super cool and it helps the podcast grow loads so anyway let's move on to this week's grow guides and i'll speak to you at the end of this see you in a bit So regardless of what medium you grow in, there's one thing that we all have in common, and that is our plants need water. You know what I'm saying, everybody? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you, your plants might live in water constantly, but, you know, they still need water. So what we're going to discuss in this show is different ways which you can optimize the quality of the water you're giving your plants. You know, sometimes you can be giving them really low quality water with lots of other uh, dissolved salts in there. You know, it's got a high EC as it's coming out the tap. Maybe you're feeding them dirty water from a river or, you know, there's lots of different ways you can get the water to your plants. And we just want to try and explain some good ways to get the best quality water to your plants because they would appreciate the good shit. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, for me... I use tap water and uh, I'm not one of those guys who lets it sit or anything like that. Uh, I don't even check the temperature. It's like I've run the hot tap and the cold tap at the same time for, for six jugs. And then I do two jugs of cold and that leaves me at about 19 degrees Celsius. So I'm happy with that temperature for my plants. I'm not too crazy about it. You know, I don't uh, put too much work into making the perfect water, but uh, yeah, you know, it works for me. What do you use for your water, Marge? How do you get water to your plants? I get hand water right now. The, the, from the tap. I know it's probably bad, but yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Oh, but you're a living soil grower too. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. right. So that's going to be a different feeding from the tap, but we'll get to that a little bit later. What are you saying, monkey? What do you use? Mostly if I can if I have it, it's rainwater. And if I don't have rainwater, then it's usually RO water. Right. And on rare occasion, well water, but that's for very specialized purposes, right. reasons for that. Okay. So with the well water specifically, do you get like mm -hmm. bugs and shit in that? What, what's the score? With the, no, with man. The well water. Uh, well water is off of an ag well that we have on property and it's got a real high EC on it, uh, somewhere around uh, resting EC at 0.8 or something like that. So wow. It's, you know, yeah, it's got a lot of calcium and stuff in it, though, there, but it's also about the same strength as uh, my flat, my uh, late flower newts. Damn. So it, it just happens to be a real good substitute when I go to flush my plants. If I use that well water, it's got a lot of calcium in it, so the plants won't suffer from that, but it's got almost no nutrients in it. And the mm -hmm. plants, uh, I don't I don't usually balance the pH on it. I have doesn't really seem to make much difference because the plant's only going to drink the water. It's not going to do much else. Mm -hmm. But I use the high EC well water for flushing. And that's the only time I'll use it. Right. Nice. Now, I have yeah. also known people that will use their high EC well water and add some of that back to RO water to give a little bit of calcium back into the water to recondition the water for cannabis. Mm -hmm. So that's a good, good use for it sometimes, too. So if you're talking about conditioning the water for cannabis plants, you may want to consider... You know, if you have all those resources, 
adding a little well water back to your RO water and get some calcium. Nice. I mean, there's just so many different ways to get the water to your plants. You know, you, like if you live near a lake or something, you can scoop up water from there. There are rivers, a spring. If you live near a spring, that's going to be fucking sweet. You know, just straight out the spring water into a bucket and then use that to feed your plants. That's going to be the best way. All of that's going to be a different different qualities, though. So when you when you get your waters that way, if you're dipping it out of a river or a lake or even a stream or a spring, check your EC because sometimes you may be getting mineral water, which may be higher in salts than you really want. Mm, so and when you're getting bugs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bugs don't bother me that much. You know, bugs are in nature out there, and for years and years and years before I started growing cannabis, I grew flowers and vegetables, and I've I've taking water out of stagnant buckets, out of rivers and streams or ponds. And the plants seem know. to be fine with it. See, I've got, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an irrational fear because it's kind of rational, but maybe just extreme. But I do have this kind of irrational fear of uh, dirty water, of rivers and lakes and shit like that. They ain't got chlorine in it. I'm not fucking swimming in it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. back when, when I was a kid, there was some case, a couple of cases around the UK that made a big deal of it across the newspapers. So it kind of like made one of those uh, irrational fears in me of uh, necrotizing fasciitis. You know that shit, mm. the flesh eating disease? You know, yeah. <laughs> it just get into well, you and just start eating away at your flesh. It's like, goddamn, no, staying away from water. Goddamn. Yeah, but see, plants have, have evolved to deal with all of that. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous mm -hmm. to you, but that's that, that kind of stuff is not dangerous to that's your right. plants. What's dangerous to your plants are the, are the other things that could be dissolved in the water, not necessarily the microbes that are in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the majority of us are going to be using tap water. I think that's, uh, I don't know, say like 90% of growers out there are going to be using tap water sure. to feed their plants. And straight out of the tap, it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be ideal for your plants. You can use it and it's going to be OK. But there's certain chemicals that are put into tap water, like chlorine and chloramine being uh, two of the major ones. And they are disinfectants and they're made specifically to kill off any pathogens in the water, you know, bacteria and, and things like that and viruses. This shit that might be floating around in the water. So when you when you're feeding your tap water to uh, like a hydroponic medium, it's not so crazy, you know. It's uh, you don't need to worry about the bacteria and shit like that. But when you're growing in living soils and organic soils, you, you're going to need more microbes in the medium to help break down foods that can be fed to the plant. So this becomes a problem when you're growing organically in, in the living soils. You don't necessarily want to use just tap water on its own because uh, it can kill off the microbes in the soil. So what people would tend to do is they'll let the water sit for 24 hours, and then it's called degassing, where the chlorine would evaporate from, uh, from, the, you know, from, the, from the water itself, and then it doesn't have the chlorine in it. But it still has that chloramine in it, which is also a disinfectant. You don't necessarily want that getting into your soil. But that can be taken out by using some uh, humic acid, I think, and some vitamin C. Maybe there's certain chemicals you can get specifically to reduce these things from your water so you can feed them to the uh, medium and it won't cut off all of the bacteria. But that's just something to consider when you're growing organically. You know, maybe the best water, if you're growing in living soil, is something like rainwater or spring water. That might be a better option than tap water. What, what, what do you think, Marge? Because you said that you uh, feed from the tap and you're also a living soil grower. So do, do you notice any problems coming from using that water with that medium? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done it in a bit, but when I was doing it indoors, I was noticing a lot of yellowing leaves and stuff. Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. probably a, a direct result from that. I no, yeah. did start to try and like make sure I was pHing it properly and letting it sit to off gas like you talked about, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I might try that. I do have a reverse osmosis thing at my house. So I might try that because when I'm doing microgrows, it's, it, you know, they don't require a whole ton of water. So I can at least maybe try that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the RO filters depend on the ones you buy. They do take some time to get, get enough water for you. I know mm -hmm. when I have to use mine, I, I will do everything I can to use rainwater. But it, it, mine is a small filter. It's a backup only. I mean, you don't need a really a huge filter if, if you have time. But mine will take an hour to make five gallons of water. So 
Oh, right. really? Yeah. yeah, they do yeah. take time, don't they? Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's okay because I can set a timer, turn it on, and walk away and come back an hour later, and I got I got my water. Yeah, you know, right. do it early in the day, and then it's done by the time you need to feed and shit like that. You know, yeah, just something that you do early on and prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be reasonably expensive though reverse osmosis because this is what we say when we're saying uh, ro mm-hmm. we mean reverse osmosis and that's it's pretty much it's a filter but your water is going to go through and everything is going to be taken out of it so then you're mm-hmm. pretty much left with pure mm-hmm. h2o at that point there's no calcium left in there there's no chloramine or chlorine or any of this kind of shit is left in there it's just straight up water after it's been through and uh, right. reverse osmosis system none yeah, of the minerals you'd get in water Right, mm-hmm. right. It takes all of that stuff out there. It depends upon you can get two stage, three stage, and four stage RO filters. Depends upon how many stages you get and what quality as to how low of an EC, how much you can pull out of it. But typically, uh, even a cheap RO filter, like a two stage RO filter, is still going to produce water with very low EC, somewhere down around 0.01 or something like that. So super low, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. They, they can be reasonably expensive, though, isn't it? Do you yeah, um, mine, I think I paid $35 US on it because it oh, that's was cheap. Yeah. It is. It's a two stage, okay. and I've only bought it for backup. I'm not going to use it every day. So mm-hmm. mine actually gets used maybe, I probably filter 10 to 15 gallons of water a year with it. Right. And this is just like, okay, my rain buckets are empty. I need something till the next rainstorm. Mm-hmm. So in that that phase, no, they they don't have to be too too expensive, and if you take care of them, you'll you'll be okay. But yeah, to get a filter that's going to have a high volume and something like a three or a four stage filter, you, you're probably going to start around fifty dollars US and go up from there. Hmm. And it's that's not that bad. Like we use it for a lot of drinking water. It's like a countertop mm-hmm. one, but okay. that's why it's not. It wouldn't be ideal for anybody who has like a tent <laughs> full of <laughs> plants like it works for me when i have if i'm going to use it for watering a few micros or something that'd be great but yeah if i'm going to use an ro filter i'll always i'll filter my water into five gallon buckets and i'll, I'll generally make like 15 gallons at a time during the day mm-hmm. and i'll just put the caps on the buckets put them in the corner and use them as i need to but that way i don't have to, to filter it out and wait for the water every day it's already there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the one I have does it in about 15 minutes. Right. But it's not right. five gallons either. It's a lot less right. than that. But, yeah. but you know, when you're talking about time consuming on microgrows, the water's already filtered. I don't have to wait for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you should do with your tap water as well. If, you, if you're in the living soil and that kind of thing, you definitely want to be, uh, well, not definitely, you can get away with not doing it, but it's definitely preferred that you use an RO filter just to make sure that it's plain water. Then anything that your plants are getting at that point, you are giving it to them. It's not coming from like the, the water factory, you know, because they are going to put some chemicals through there that are not necessarily organic. You know what that shit getting into your plants if you want to grow fully organic weed, you know, so use our RO filter to make mm-hmm. sure all the shit's taken out of the water and then add what's needed for your plants. And this is something you definitely need to consider when you're when you're growing in hydro as well, because especially in cocoa, cocoa uses well you'd use more calcium during a cocoa grow because the cocoa can leach the calcium, you know. So you know you you feed extract usually, but this is in the background EC of your water anyway. You can go to your local water supplier's website and they'll tell you everything that's in your water. You know, you'll check the EC or the TDS of the water. They'll tell you how much is in there. Mine is 0.17 when I check my EC. It's very low. Uh, that's that, very that's low. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, you, uh, you want to know what mine is? Out of the tap, minimum. 0.4. There you go. Hmm. That, that, yeah. I mean, we have very hard water here. And, you know, when you when you live, like I said, I live I live near the Gulf of Mexico. And when you live near a coast, water runs from the inlands toward the coast. So all mm. those rivers are picking up mm-hmm. all that calcium and that, all that mm-hmm. good stuff to make a nice hard water when, by the time it reaches the coast. So you yeah. got to check your municipal water supply. You have See. to do it. I can't I can't run. I, I did try to, to grow cannabis with my tap water here. But at that E.C., it was very slow growing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm pretty close to the uh, the water factory. So my water comes through the pipes. It doesn't have to come a long distance. So it picks up less. 
you know, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's I get good fucking clean water, man. It's nice to have. Remember when yeah. we went to Barcelona when we yeah. were in Spain and Spanabis, and I tried the water from the tap there, and it's like drinking fucking swimming pool water. Now, like, the, and the weird thing about this? that, to <laughs> me, that tasted totally normal because I'm used to living in and being near coastal areas, and the water near coastal areas always seems to be harder. Damn. So yeah, to me, it was like yeah, this is no big deal. But mm-hmm. I love it when I, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of backpacking and stuff like that. And I absolutely love getting high up in the mountains and getting that water because, oh, my mm-hmm. God, it tastes so much better than the stuff I, live, I have here at home. It's crazy. And it's yeah, just so water. That's it. We said, uh, you know, you can go and get your RO filter and that's going to take out loads of the stuff. And then your water won't have all of the all of these chemicals in and stuff. But um, yeah. Brian Post just mentioned in the chat here, but he didn't like using RO water. And he went back to tap water with vitamin C. And the vitamin C is going to break down the chloramine and, and the chlorine right. and shit like that. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot better for the plants straight away. Mm-hmm. And you, you can buy stuff from EcoFry. It comes with a little uh, a squeezy dripper thing of your pet like. And they're not the only brand that's going to do that kind of thing. So if you want to look for something that's going to take this stuff out of your water before you feed it to your plants, just do a quick Google search. There's going to be loads of brands out there, you know, yeah. uh, something for I, I don't know what you'd search for specifically what would you google for that what would you think monkey what, what would you google? decor dechlorination decor mm. yeah, would mean, you put specifically cl- for plants because i know you can get the stuff because i have a turtle and we use um, uh stuff called tap safe to to get rid of all the shit that's not supposed to be in the water for the turtle i'm kind of uh, thinking that you know if the turtle or the fish can can tolerate your plant probably be okay but i'm i'm yeah. not 100 sure on that though but that's what i would that makes sense. that does make sense though if a, another living creature can tolerate it i know yeah, it's the heavy metals in it them heavy metals you want to be concerned about when your plants are absorbing those heavy metals yeah, but I feet. wouldn't be thinking you'd be putting heavy heavy metals in your fish water, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. I, I don't really know. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've always heard the vitamin C thing, which is nothing more than ascorbic acid. And if you can find that in drop droplet form, that probably mm-hmm. be a, a pretty safe thing to use. Yeah. Um, or, you know, just cheap vitamin C that, that has doesn't have the flavorings or any of the weird sugars or nothing else in it. That's mm-hmm. what you with most people that I know use. So that's it. in most cases, tap water yeah. is going to be fine. But if yeah. you're in one of those areas where your water tastes like swimming pool water, you know, it's like, my, like mine, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then you you might want to consider something else because yeah. you've got to think it's going to go into the medium, which is going to affect the uh, the the biosphere in the medium itself around around the roots in the rhizosphere and shit's going to kill bacteria. Might not kill them all, but it will kill a percentage of them and you don't necessarily want that to happen so if you need to then a reverse osmosis system is good shit man you know you buy it once so you have to change the uh the filters now and again don't you monkey you have to put like you new do. sand in there or something well they're, they're filters they have like uh, different beads and stuff at each cartridge um and they the ones that i'm aware of have different color changes as as they get older they'll change colors and that's how you tell whether you need a new filter or not like that Mm -hmm. Uh, like i said because i use mine so little i've not had to change mine at all yet but Mm -hmm. but i was always told i mean when i first started growing doing all the reading you can on there about water quality i was always told that if you if your ec is higher than 0.3 on your tap water that you might want to consider another water source and maybe 0.3 sounds high as background, but it's actually not that high. A lot of people are at that point, but they all have always been told that because that's what they tell you. And if you're growing in cocoa, that's that's your background that you can bank. It's like that's OK. Mm-hmm. The, the, up to 300, you don't have to worry about it. Over the 300, you've got to take some some of that credit toward my nutrients. In other words, I got to lower my nutrients now because I've got too much background on here. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, so check your EC of your tap water, and if it's too high, you may want to consider doing something like maybe cutting it with RO water you know, yeah. to lower it, things like mm-hmm. that. You, you may not have to replace it 100%, but you can add some distilled water, some spring water, some tap water, I mean, the RO water, some rain or something like that, and you know that way condition your water to be more suitable for your cannabis plants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As in, that's what some people do as well is they'll take their their high ec water say 0.5 and 
and they'll use 50% bottled water. I've seen that done before, you know, mm-hmm. like mineral water or uh, distilled water, but that can be getting expensive. Just buy yourself an RO filter in situations mm-hmm. like that. And then you can use that 50-50 with the water that you have to try and improve the quality that right. way. We yeah, have so a... Sorry, good ways to guess a good ways to work around it there. So you don't always have to spend everything to make it. You can always, you know, work around those problems like that. And this is the kind of things we do at Percy's. We help people solve these problems. Mm-hmm. Lone Star Laugh here in the chat had a, a good point. A handful of compost or worm castings can take care of the chlorine, which it's a good point because you know the chlorine is essentially there to kill off germs and bacteria that are in the water to make it safe for drinking. So if you add something for that chlorine to work on and and to kill off then that's going to use up the chlorine in the water and spartan before when he was on the show he said one way you can reduce the amount of chlorine in your water is by just like putting your arm in it because that's going to kill all the dirt and shit on your arm and that will reduce the amount of chlorine in the water Mm -hmm. but you know you want to just make sure that the stuff is fully removed though you know and then letting it degas for 24 hours you get yourself an air stone you know like what you'd have for your fish tank or if you're doing a full hydroponics then you'd get yourself an air stone drop that in the water and just let it sit there for 24 hours and that's going to get rid of the uh the chlorine and but not the chloramine the chloramine would stay behind for a lot longer it doesn't degas so easily so yeah, using some humic acid to get rid of that stuff, that's going to be the best way. But yeah, just a handful of compost or worm castings is another nice way to be dealing with it. Nice and easy, man. Nice and easy. Mm-hmm. That will kill off a lot of the stuff, but it might not kill all of it. It just makes it very easy, you know? Uh, genius, I'll collect my bath water. No, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be all it's soapy minerals. and shit, you know? It's going to taste like lynx. It'll axe, you know? Axe Africa, um, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Collecting gray water is actually done in many places to use for irrigation mm. and crop growing. So yeah, I mean, I understand what he's saying. As long as it's not, you know, a raw sewage, but gray water, yeah, it's been done. Mm-hmm. Depends. You can where filter you out the bath water, you know. Yeah, well, it depends where you are, how how valuable your water is. Sometimes you need a second use for it because it's you know hard to get sometimes, mm-hmm. where, depending where you are. That's right. We really don't appreciate how easily and readily, readily available water is to, to most of mm-hmm. us, man. We can just you know mm-hmm. fill up buckets out of the fucking tap so easily. We don't really I've appreciate it. Been to uh, cabins, remote cabins that use solar wells, and it literally takes all day to fill up a 20-gallon receptacle with the solar-powered motor well thing. So um, you use your water very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, there's lots of good ways there which you can improve the water quality of your tap water. You know, using RO systems, adding humic acid and vitamin C to get rid of the chloramine and chloramine, letting, uh, letting it sit there for 24 hours to degas all the chlorine, stirring it with your arm, adding a handful of uh, compost and, mm-hmm. and worm castings, all these different ways just to make the water better before you give it to your plants. But when it comes to rainwater, what's the score there, Monkey? Because you use rainwater. What's the EC of rainwater? How do you store it? All that kind of stuff. Fresh rainwater, my EC is usually down around close to where your tap water is. It's usually uh, around 0.1 to or 0.005 or something to that level. It's pretty pure. Um, Mm. Depends on the time of year. Of course, depends how long it has been since we've had the last rain. Because I'll be blunt with you, you know, a rainwater comes off the roof. And if the birds have been mm-hmm. shitting on the roof a lot and it hadn't rained a lot, I'm going to have more of that crap in my water. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's OK. I'm not drinking it. My plants don't mind it. But, yeah, mm-hmm. the EC will vary a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's usually it's never, never over 0.02 for me. So the rainwater is very good. But to store it, the best way I've found to store it is if I can collect it when it's still clear. And uh, I filter it through nothing more than paper towel just to get particulates out. Right. And uh, I fill up five-gallon buckets, put lids on the five-gallon buckets, and I have them stacked in, uh, in right near my grow tent. So I got 35 gallons of, of, of you know, tapped-up bottles. This is my reserve rain buckets here. So mm-hmm. that'll stay there, and I won't even touch that until my rain barrels get empty. Then I'll come back to the reserve that, that's inside and stored. But right. Sometimes rain barrels get things in them, and I have mm-hmm. I've had I've had tadpoles swimming in it. 
Yeah. Uh, you, you, it happens all the time. You'll get algae. They'll start growing in it. It happens all the time. But every time that stuff happens, I'll still, when I draw the water out to use for the plants, I'll check the EC and the EC is not that high. The water has got impurities in it, but those impurities are not going to damage my plants. Yeah. So what if the tadpoles are having, you know, if they poop in, in my water, my plants aren't going to care. The mm -hmm. algae, well, as soon as, as soon as it hits the soil, the microbes will take care of that. It's not going to be an issue. So I just use it, Matthew. Yeah, just like I said, I filter out the heavy stuff and you just use it. But if I'm going to store it, it stores best if it's stored in a container, sealed inside, or, or let's say in a, you know, out of the weather, put it that way. You don't want the sun and everything else to store it in a shed or in a house or something like that. And you can store rainwater for a very long time. Why wouldn't you want the sun in it? Isn't sun like, like the best? The best disinfectant is sunlight. Is that the same? It's possible, but, you know, the sun's going to be on those plastic barrels or something like that after a while. It's going to break down the, the plastic. Uh, I mean, I've yeah. literally had buckets crack. They've been out in the sun too long. If you lift, you lift them after a while, they'll just mm -hmm. fall apart on you sometimes. I just, it's just easier. Keep them, keep them uh, contained. Also keeps the containers cleaner so that mm -hmm. when you open it up, you don't get all that other stuff in it. But I have actually taken clear rainwater put it into, into uh, buckets, sealed up. And then when I have to go back because of a drought situation or something or a, a gap in the rain, open up a bucket and I'll find some, some little black debris in the bottom. And all it really is is some kind of microbe or, or, or critter that was in there that has died and fell to the bottom. It, and it's not a reason I'm not going to reject that water at all. It's just some, it's, it, it, I'll find black stuff in the bottom of my rain barrels all the time. It's no big deal. Uh, so, I mean, I've had a lot, I've had questions on Instagram and at Percy's before about, uh, is this water good enough to feed my plants? And the answer is with rainwater, generally it's pretty much okay. Mm -hmm. You um, just filter out all those big bits. I take the big bits out and it, you know, as long as you know, I'll put an EC meter in, if I have a question, as long as it's not questionable smelling, you'll know if it's going anaerobic or it's bad on you. It's, and if it's not slimy or anything like that, you know, if it's just water. Mm -hmm. use it use it i had some buckets of rainwater in my garden and i used it to make some jms yeah and after a day i look on the top of the surface and there's like you say little tadpoles swimming around and shit man and they ended up being mosquito larvae bro oh, mosquito larvae what the fuck is that <laughs> We get those Jesus. all the time, man. But see, that's the other thing that I do in my rain, my rain barrels is I put mosquito dunks in there. And I, I don't want the mosquito dunks to fall apart. So I have an old, take an old pair of ladies hose and I'll put the mosquito dunk inside there. That way, if it starts falling apart, the hosiery will hold it together. But it mm -hmm. allows the BT out into, into, the, into the rain barrel. But when I use that rain rainwater in my grow now, it's already got the BT in it that stopped the mosquito larva from growing. And that's going to stop the fungus gnats from being in my tent. Because that mm -hmm. same BT is going to be effective against fungus net water. Right. So double bonus. Yeah. What about you, Much? You only use tap water. What about for your outdoor grows? Do you use uh, rainwater? Do you have anything stored up? What's the score there? I had a rain barrel up until this year. So I was usually using rainwater too, because I like to collect it. And it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. better for a lot of different reasons and more envir environmentally friendly. But honestly, I've not had to water my plants that much this year because we've, had quite a bit of rain right so yeah so so don't forget I've, yeah. I've barely actually had to water them this year nice well kind of it hasn't really been a great growth season <laughs> so well, you just rain not, too much is it uh yeah well my backyard is not really ideal for an outdoor grow in some ways there's a lot of shade mm -hmm. i'm thinking of trying an experiment next year of putting it in my in my front garden because we took out a couple of really big bushes and now it's looking a little bare but it, there's so much more sun out front mm-hmm so I was all just thinking maybe next year we could have a contest and like place bets on to whether the plant makes it for the season before somebody steals it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's some dead Deadpool in it, you know, yeah. well, on which day would a plant be stolen? That's well, right. that's what, make sure you put the sign out in front of the plant. Smile. You're on my ring camera. Just so everybody right. knows. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just this whole rainwater thing, you know, rainwater is good, man. It's, it's the natural shit. That's what the plants are going to prefer the most out of anything. Cause that's what they evolved to drink. But if you're storing it up somewhere, then just be careful of like the bug eggs that might be. Living yeah. <laughs> A lot of bugs do like, do like mm -hmm. water to lay their eggs in. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that's water what I did your plants I... and they hatch. 
that you that's fucked. why i store mine with lids on it you know nice. if they hatch in the, it, maybe that's what i'm getting in the bottom when i open those those old containers maybe those are dead bugs you know hatched out and died who knows mm -hmm. maybe it's but plant food now <laughs> that's right man the, oh, you do. the plants will eat it eventually as long as it's dead and it's not eggs you know, if it's yeah. eggs, then they're, they're going to be hatched. Just be careful of that when you're growing with uh, rainwater, everybody. Just make sure that this is why they put that shit, that chloramine and the chlorine into the water. I still don't really understand why they put the fluoride in there. You know, that's just bullshit. Just saying, you know, for the to pickle our perineal gland or calcify the perineal gland. Is that, that why they do it? The mind's eye, you know, we won't get into conspiracy theories. It's to make better teeth. That's why. <laughs> but you know they put this shit in the water to reduce bugs and things like that you know so when you're using rainwater and it isn't treated with anything like that then there will be some pathogens that might be bad for the plants especially if they're insect eggs so just be cautious of those kind of things you know it's just been I mean, some uh, train wreck close to you and it's released a lot of uh, chemicals into the ground but they ooh. had a controlled burn on you know, and then that all got into the sky and then it rains and shit. You can be pretty sure that there's some nasty and, shit in that rainwater that you don't want to get. And we're not talking about anything plants. specific there. No, no, okay? no just a random no. scenario that may happen. That That's may that. have or have not happened. <laughs> right. Yeah, any, anything relating to real life is just coincidence. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, be very careful, man. You know, acid rain exists and all that shit and that shit's not good for plants. So be cautious of that as well. Yeah. So just because it's rainwater doesn't mean that it's perfect. There could still be problems. Just make sure it's yeah. okay before you use it. Yeah, the whole deal with the low EC is plants like lower EC water because they can uptake it easier. And that they they drink easier, they feed easier, and that's why it's it's more desirable for growing. Uh you know, going from tap water that's over 0.5 down to rainwater literally doubled my growth rate on the plants. And it's definitely something to consider. So if you haven't checked your EC of your input water yet, something that you really ought to consider trying, take a look at it. Mm -hmm. And the pH too. Absolutely the pH. We've been, we've been yelling pH forever, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's some nice ways to get the rainwater sorted. Are these mosquito dunks, monkey? What is that? Can you, you can buy those online. Are they expensive? Yeah. Do you use a lot of them? They're not expensive. I buy them over at the big box stores, Lowe's, the Home Depots here in the States. Um, I know Study buys them. I think you get some online. They come in a card of, I think, about, I think there are eight of them on a card. I think they're less than a dollar US a piece. And I, I could right. throw one in a bucket and I'm good for, for anywhere from three to six months in a rain barrel with that thing. And mm. um, so they're not expensive. They, they contain... Bacillus thuringiensis israelianus. It's very specific right. strain of BT that that affects the larval stage of some things like mosquitoes and also fungus nets. So they don't go after everything. They won't kill caterpillars or anything like that. But they're specifically after that larval stage of those flying insects. So mm -hmm. it all it does is it paralyzes the digestive system of the bugs. It's not poison. Uh, so they can eat all they want. They can't digest it and they die, but it's non-toxic to mammals, including humans or, and pets. Right. So it's considered to be organic and safe. It's not one of those things that turns the frogs gay. It's not one of those. <laughs> no, the frogs and the tadpoles seem to be fine with it. You know, I kind of thought about that for a while because I have tadpoles swimming around my rain barrels frequently. We'll have to mm -hmm. filter them out, but no, nope, doesn't seem to affect them even. Oh, it's all good. Right. But then, you, like you said, you can bring it indoors and it helps control your gnat fungus gnat population and stuff, too. I have zero fungus gnat population and I grow in cocoa. And it's generally a huge problem for cocoa growers is fungus right. gnats. But I don't even see them anymore. Nice. Yeah, so that's rainwater. Then we have uh, fucking spring water. Is anybody lucky enough to live close to a spring? Uh, nope. Yeah, it's, nope. it's rare. <laughs> It's I have a I mean, there's one I would say it's not far but it is fucking far. I'd have to drive for like an hour, <laughs> fill up a shitload of fucking water bottles or something, and and then drive them back, and that's gonna be costing a fortune in fuel. But if you're lucky enough to live close to a spring where water just naturally comes from, like the rocks, and it's the source of a river, that's gonna be some epic shit to give to your plants right there. That's gonna be so clean. 
I am careful with that though. Some some springs are you know have heavy mineral water. They may have salts or something in them. So mm, mm. I'm just saying the, yeah, they can go I for the limestone check. and shit. Yeah, you still check yeah. the EC. I would check the EC on that spring on any spring water before I put it on my plants. Just gonna be even so the clean. stuff at store. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things, man. I would like to live close enough to a spring to just be able to collect enough of it to just feed my plant, my fucking plants this nice clean ass water. That's really cool, man. Mm-mm. But not an option that many people have. Uh, then you have like shit like rain, uh, uh, river water and and lakes. You, moving water is different to still water, of course. So, you know, if you've got like a pond or something, then over time, algae is going to build up and there's going to be bugs in there and shit. But river water isn't the same so much because it's moving all the time. So do you think collecting river water is good for the plants? What do you think about that, Marge? Would you consider something like that, collecting river water? Yeah, sure. If it wasn't a huge pain in the ass, <laughs> if it was yeah, if it yeah. handy, I definitely yeah. would. I mean, if you sometimes... can just link up a, a drain pipe to it so it just pours directly <laughs> into the plants, easy. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you know, if I had something on my property on my vast estate, uh, you know, <laughs> where I could just go and collect some nice spring water, I would definitely, mm-hmm. definitely do that. But I, uh, don't live on a vast estate and don't have access to spring water nearby. You know, you've only got about 10 acres, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, what about you, Monkey? Would you deal with the river water? Would you think that was good enough? I have dealt with river water in, in a, my very, very limited uh, gorilla experience, which didn't go well. But mm. again, I would double check it because you never know with rivers, you know, what's on the river, what's using it, what's what are they pumping it back into it? It could be. I mean, I've seen rivers, whitewater areas that are just pristine and clear as could be that I would use that water. I drink it straight, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I've, I've been places where you dip water out the river and you make your dinner with it that clean. Mm-hmm. But I've also Damn. been places where I wouldn't swim in the damn stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So yeah, I you would, do have to watch the source. Just because it's spring yeah. water doesn't mean it's no same clean. thing. Just just because yeah. it's a river doesn't mean it's clean. Just because it's a spring doesn't mean it's fresh. So mm-hmm. I, I'm always kept this. This comes from a, from a guy who you know been in the backcountry, backpacked a good bit, and, and maybe learned his lessons a few times. You know, you didn't but, have one of those water purifier bottles. Oh, yeah, of course I did, but you know, things happen. You know, right. It only happened once and never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> once is all Believe me, if you get sick like that once, you never take the risk yeah. again. You're done. You know what I mean? Once your poop is coming out like water, then you consider uh, different roots. Yeah. You know? Exactly. We're, we weren't going to say it, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm happy no, no. to take it there. You know how I roll. Yeah, yeah. Not all water is, is equal. So, yeah, by mm-hmm. all means, check, check it. Ooh, definitely. I can guarantee, I'll tell you, uh, I've, I've literally camped alongside the Okoe River and dipped water directly out of the Okoe and made dinner and ate it, and it was fine. What uh, is this, a fucking dead animal, like half a mile up the fucking river? <laughs> no. Bro? Jesus. The, these are whitewater rivers, man. I'm talking about lots of stuff flushing through you. Lots and lots and lots of snow milk coming through. Tons of snow milk coming through. But the thing Damn. is, you're going to make dinner with it. You're going to boil it first. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, that's that's okay. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, not all rivers are terrible. You know, you just have to be careful is what I'm saying. There's a lot of places that I've been. Uh, Colorado is a state that takes huge pride in its rivers and tries to, to, to maintain them, things like mm-hmm. that. You know, so, you know, a lot of places, rivers are clean. Oof. Damn, Shadow King Vale said, I live next door to an oil refinery and the big Sandy and hey. Ohio River where they have several drainage spots into the river that's bad man oh yeah man look I, 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 back in the day i worked in a, on a, a off, offshore vessel and we used the mississippi river to go lots and lots of places and mm-hmm. yeah all those chemical plants and refineries that are backed up there with yeah, they all got that pipe that goes into the river that's crazy it that's is mm. yeah yeah man so it didn't sound like river option. River water is a good option. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm no. just saying, check your river. You know, depends yeah. upon the river you're talking about. Some of these these cleaner rivers that I'm talking about mm-hmm. are not these huge mile wide rivers. These yeah, are smaller, yeah. much much smaller. Like the, the Mississippi yeah. that like runs from fucking it's just a big ass river that runs through many states, isn't it? From the north mm-hmm. to the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's mouth. contaminated as fuck by the time it gets to the end. 
there are areas of that river that are almost a mile wide, like three quarters of a mile wide toward toward the mouth of the river. So yeah, um, that's a it's a huge amount of water. It's been been used by a ton of of industry all the way from the time it started at headwaters all the way till it reaches the Gulf of Mexico. So yeah, that water is highly polluted by the time it reaches. I'm pretty lucky. the The rivers near me seem to be quite clean, but you know what you can see, it might look clean and uncontaminated. But whether that is the case or not is a different story altogether. Mm -hmm. Now, the crazy thing: there are cities along the Mississippi River that take their drinking drinking water straight out that river, and then they condition it, of course. But the source is the Mississippi River. And there's one huge city that I, we won't even name the name, but yeah. A lot of people go there to party. It's river water. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it explains a lot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know, the hills of eyes and shit. Deliverance. Exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> stop <laughs> drinking that water, man. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not all water is created equal, obviously. No, no, no. Yeah, no. it's can, can well, be some crazy created, shit. But let's there. say created, maybe, but you know, by the time it gets to us. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, house plumbing can seriously affect your water. What's in the pipes and things like that? Yeah, yeah. for sure, man. This is why it's why it's so difficult to get good, clean water in the first place. And it sounds like that the best option, I think, coming so far from this discussion, would be just to get uh, your tap water and RO it, man. Some reverse osmosis, take everything out of it, and then add what you want to go into your plants. That's going to be the best way to get the best water. Yeah, it's going to also be the most expensive way to get your water, though. I mean, that's the very thing. true. Very true. So, but yeah, if, yeah. If, you, if you have a blank check and you can pull it off, by all means, that's that's it. You won't have any issue at all if that's what you're doing. Yeah, Cloud here in the chat, he said uh, old water pipes get lead as well. In, and that's right, man. There's, uh, it's, mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Uh, Flint in Michigan is well known for having a lot of lead in their water pipes. So if you're out there in Flint, Michigan, or, or you know, places like it, there's going to be heavy metals like lead getting into your water that you're feeding your weed, man. That's going to be getting into your cannabis too, baby. You have to be very careful of those kind of things. Many, many cities in in the United States that still have some portion of their municipal plumbing uses lead pipes. Mm. It's out there. Um, it's not causing a problem because the water plants are treating the water in certain ways that, that seems to be keep everything in balance. That was the problem in Flint. Their system wasn't working the way it should have been, and we all know what happened there. So, yeah. terrible, man. So you know, just be careful, everybody, with the water that you're using. We can often just, uh, I don't know, take it for granted. I do in the UK where I am. It's just good water, and it is easily taken for granted. But it's not easy for everybody to have access to high quality water like that. Mm -hmm. So think you know, about just, it. Uh, if you were living in Flint, somebody came knocking on your door telling you to. You couldn't drink the water anymore. Oh man, Damn. I think that would change. Right? would change everything. Mm. It's crazy to think about, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's people all over the world. You, know? you you go to some countries on holiday. They're like, don't don't drink the water, man. Just get some bottled water and deal with that. Yeah, it used to be that way a lot. Mm -hmm. so just be cautious out there, man. If you're good enough, to, if you're lucky enough to have good water then use it and appreciate it. You know, if you are not lucky enough, try and get yourself some good rainwater. Yeah, that would be a good way to go. The rainwater is the most natural stuff, you know? So that's what plants have been having for a very long time. But it can also be contaminated depending on how you store this and how it's getting into the buckets that you store it as well. You know, like Monkey says, his comes off the roof, shit like that. That, uh, that can pick up bird shit and other contaminants on the way. Yeah. So, but I mean, oh, you know, if, you, if you're looking at that, as long as you're not drinking that water, if, if it's so, what if it's got dead bugs or 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 bird poop in it? But plants mm -hmm. don't care, honestly, yeah, they, really they don't, don't care. That's right. Yeah. Like Mackie said, they've they've evolved to, to drink this stuff. Mm -hmm. And the soil filters it out to some extent as well. So yeah, well, the microbes are going to eat it up. And even mm -hmm. cocoa's got microbes in it. You know, even if you're not feeding it microbes, there's enough in there that all of this stuff is. You know, nature's a wonderful thing. Rainwater works perfect in the system. Yeah. And Laurie in the chat here says 100 years from now, severe ration, 50 years maybe. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing as well. We are 
in a very lucky time right now, which is one of the reasons why I think that we're living in a simulation. We, it's all just a bit too convenient. But, you know, in 100 years' time, there's going to be, or less than, there'll be wars fought over that access to water. I think that is even happening already in some places around the world. So, you know, we're very lucky to be in a position where we have access to water, where we can feed our plants the way that we do. Very lucky. Well, maybe, maybe not of wars fought over it, but I mean, good grief, we have situations in the United States that even as rivers pass through this state to this state to this state, they fight over how much you can take before you the river goes to the next state. You know, you can't have all the water. you got to let some go through. Mm. We have that situation in the United States right now. Yes, yeah, it's all very interesting stuff, man. So what can we do to, to sum up this whole water and thing, optimizing water quality for plants? So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we I mean, discussed it, it all there. Using the tap water is very good. If you've got good tap water, use a reverse osmosis system. If you have to, that's a, another good option. Rainwater is good. Just make sure that it doesn't pick up too many contaminants on the way and the pH doesn't change too much. That's about it, really. Isn't it? Stay away from rivers. They're fucked. You know? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to say, no matter what your water source is, what I would take away from it is do, do a little bit of testing. Get some information. Make Stop making assumptions that you have good water and test it. Mm-hmm. From there, you can make your adjustments. If you have good water, you got it easy. Indeed. You don't even know how easy. Yeah. Exactly, Mackie. <laughs> you don't even <laughs> know how good he's got it. Oh, yeah. No, I know, man. When I go elsewhere, even when I like go to my friend's house in the next city, uh-huh. and it, I'd like, yeah, I'd get a like glass shit. of water from there. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't drink this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. real man for real i appreciate the water that kind of, you know for me to just be able to lean over the tap and just drink out of it like an animal you know but animals don't do that but you know what i mean you're just uh, a degenerate person three o'clock in the morning you just roll to the bathroom and turn the tap is that off. what that noise was in barcelona three in the morning you yeah that, yep, that was me again? Yeah. Oh, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> god uh, you know you're just lucky to have it man I, I do appreciate it. it's the best water in the country as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah, you are lucky. I mean, I've, I've lived in a couple of places that had good water, but most, like I said, I've spent most of my life near coastal areas. So most of my life, the water's been pretty marginal. Mm-hmm. No, not not dangerous to, uh, as far as that goes, but as far as, you know, tastiness, marginal, average. Now, a quick question there from Bank Switch before we move on to the list of the mail section. It says, can you use water from your fish tank? Uh, yes, you can. And some people just grow that way. Or that's called aquaponics, where people use fish tank water to, yeah, to provide the need, nutrients for their plants. You need to make sure you cut that water, though. If, you, if you're taking, if I've heard this, I don't do it, but I know people who do it. Uh, Steve Reisner's big into that. But you mm-hmm. need to dilute that. The water's too high. Nitrates can actually damage your plants if you're not careful, from what right. I've been told. Yeah. I, I haven't ever fucked with it, man. Yeah, you need to, to test it for nitrate levels and, and, and adjust it to a certain level before you start feeding your plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it all gonna, it's going to depend upon how long ago you you changed your fish tank water. And that's a lot of factors involved. I don't know. if But if you want more information on that, contact Steve Reisner over at Potent Ponics. Yeah. That's right. Growing with the fishes, man. He definitely knows what he's talking about when it comes to that shit. Okay. So. Yeah. Check it and out. Check if out you can't get all of him. Check out a guy on Instagram named Wessengen. He also does does uh, uh um he uses aquaponics? the fish. aquaponics, yeah, yeah. tongue tied, yeah. But he also does the uh, aquaponics over there. So those two guys are the guys I would recommend. So we have uh some questions here for the list of the mail. I think we'll stick to the ones that are kind of relating to this topic first, and then we'll go on to the other ones. Um, let's go for Fumi Bowl. She says. What would be the best inline garden hose water filter to buy to get the best quality H2O for my plants? And would you think they would work better if I put two together in line? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. We don't want to recommend a specific brand because that's going to depend on what country you're in, what mm-hmm. city you're in, your budget, all these different things. You know? So just have a look online uh, at these different things. But when it comes to the garden hose, like Monkey said, when he uses his RO filter, uh, it takes a while for the water to go through it and, and come out on the other side. So you don't have to get... But it hooks up to the garden hose. I mean, and I do it from the garden hose. And it goes through the no, RO filter and straight out to the garden hose with no problem. No, 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 no. It, it, my, I attach my filter to the garden hose. 
-hmm. And then the output of, of the filter goes into a bucket. So an RO filter's got it's got three lines. You have an input line, mm -hmm. then you have a, a one an output line that, that has your water in it, and you have another another output line that has your rejected water. So right. what it's doing, it's like the RO filter, when it pushes water through a certain percentage of it, it purifies and the rest of it, it throws out as a waste. Right. Okay. The waste, I usually just put that into a garden and, and, let, and let the other plants benefit from that, though. But mm -hmm. it comes out it, it comes out of the RO filter at a trickle. So, no, you, you can't just, you know, spray something with it. No way. Right. But but to answer his question, the best kind of hose end filter would be an RO filter. It just it's going to come out very slowly. Right. Because I would say you could use that. Uh, I mean, window cleaners, right? Uh, people who clean windows. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. resin inside their RO filters because you, they want to take all this shit out. Because you get streaks on your windows and dots and shit on your windows if they don't use this specific uh, RO water, essentially. Yeah. And they'll store it up in a big tank first, and then it gets pumped out via the hose to clean windows and shit like that. So you can do something similar to that. You could RO it put it in a reservoir and then use the reservoir to pump out for your hose. And there's going to be a nice Which clean RO water from there. Essentially what I'm doing, because I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll RO 15 gallons at a time and use it as needed like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but that window washing thing with the RO, man, I did that the other day, blew my wife away. She couldn't believe it. She says, you didn't use any soap. I said, I only used RO water to clean these windows. And it was, they were the cleanest windows you ever saw. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's right, because yeah. otherwise contaminants get left behind. You know, just little bits of salt yeah. here and there. You, even though it's a low EC, you still get some stuff left behind. Just scrub it with the RO water because it's so pure. It just it picks up everything and it, it mm -hmm. you know, dissolves everything and just you know squeegee it off and it was done. Over. That's right. So Beautiful. check with your window cleaner, everybody, and making sure he's using some good RO filters. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> if you got streaks on your windows, he isn't. So uh, yeah, so I hope that helps you there. Fill me bowls. Right? Uh, let us know what you doing with that shit are you just... oh double filtering no if you get a good ro filter you don't need a double mm -hmm. filter it wouldn't do any good that's right just some of those ro filters are coming out close to zero and then you right. know a quick one here from billy bonds he asks uh should we buy spring water for our plants to be nice yeah it's <laughs> Again, not really necessary man to Honestly, check the spring think... water if, if, if some of that spring water may be loaded with uh with minerals because that's some of the mm -hmm. spring water is for taste mm -hmm. who knows you saying that much i was saying if you're just trying to be nice you could also sing your plants a song or something i think that's better yeah actually <laughs> see if you probably you'll you probably get as much of a, a boost out of that from the co2 huh right just talk yeah, yeah. to them play them some if you, music if you just want to be nice then just right. buy mackie whiskey you know <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, also an mackie episode yeah yeah good day <laughs> god damn Still got that bottle of whiskey right there. I don't think I'll play with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt him. But I mean, you can buy spring water, but like Monkey said, it's going to have some stuff in it as well. So check it. Make sure the EC isn't too high. And uh, spring water is a good way to dilute heavy EC tap water. So that's a way to go. But obviously, it's going to end up as expensive. So try not to fuck with that shit. Better to get yourself an RO filter if you have trouble with your water in the first place. Then it's going to end up cheaper in the long run. It's a expensive initial setup. Expensive-ish, not, not very expensive, but expensive is a relative term, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, do that now, if I don't you can. Know, I don't know why, but I always have felt that if... The price of spring water is the same as the price of distilled water. I'd buy the distilled water because I know it's pure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's got nothing right. in it. You know, I have to buy distilled water for my Venus flytrap because carnivorous plants can't have anything in their water. It has to be completely nothing, man. Yeah, really? I can get distilled water yeah. here for like less than $2 a gallon. It's not that expensive. Damn. But I mean, if I have to, if I have to buy all the still water to feed my plants, it gets expensive fast. Mm -hmm. That's especially yeah. in cocoa. Fuck me. You <laughs> know you're talking, running, you know. You know you're oh, oh. fucking running that runoff back through the plants. You know, <laughs> you got to recirculate your reservoir well, here. Yeah, shit. <laughs> that might be. I got three percent runoff. That's enough. I ain't wasting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got a few drops done. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so Billy, don't do it, man. Don't, don't buy pure spring water. It's going to end up expensive. Just get yourself an RO system if that's the direction you need to head in uh what else do we have let's go for a little bit more of a laid back one here from turpo your oh, question not that one would you rather be able to see your own future or see everybody else's future but your own 
and why. Marge, what do you think mm. about this one? Oh, God. Would I want to see my own future? I mean, part of me says I would not because mm. find out something that you're not really happy about, then you're going to, you're just going to obsess. But you could also, if you could see everybody else's future, you might be able to deduce kind of what your future may look like. Yeah, you know, like a Sudoku, you know? <laughs> it's right. The gaps, yeah, you know? <laughs> like if you know like what your, the, your future of your spouse is or your kids or your friends or whatever, then you'd be like, okay, well, I can work with all this because, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely rather know everybody else's future because yeah. you could make a fucking fortune from that. Alone, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, you could. Be like a real fortune teller and be like, I can tell you your future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, you're going to have this phone call. You know, freak people out really fucking bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to see my own future. That That's a, I don't know, that's a little bit different, isn't it? That, then you well, know I mean, when all the bad shit's it's, coming. It's way worse than you think it is, though, knowing your own future. I mean, the only the only answer is you want to know everybody else's future because you mm-hmm. never want to know, know your future. Because think about it. If you know everything, and I mean every detail of everything that's going to ever happen to you, why do you have to get up in the morning? You already know what's going to happen. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. But then it's it brings in that question of if you could see your own future, then it's already predetermined and there's no such thing as free will. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If it has to happen, if it is your future, it's destined to happen exactly that way. You have no reason to even try. Shit, right. and that applies to everybody else. If you could see everybody else's future, that's the same thing. No, but it you don't know how it's no going to affect you. If you don't know how it's going to affect you, though. No, but that essentially means that you don't have free will either. Well, that's true. But at the same time, at least it's more entertaining. If, I mean, if I have to choose where I, well, I already know everything's going to happen to me. But now if I can actually, it's not going to be as much fun, the, the unpredictability parts of it. But at least now I can plot how am I going to use the information I know about them to make my future more interesting. I don't know. It just, it's more to mm. play with. It's more to play with. But I think, you know, if 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 I would have to choose the fact that I already know my own my own future, part of that's going to be I'm going to commit suicide because what's the point? <laughs> well, that's a YouTube flag. They don't like that word. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry, but you know, actually, I think that there was a, there was a uh, that's a Twilight Zone about that that's, that deals with that. I, I can't remember the exact part of it. When I read that question, it, it's, I was like, oh, something in my mind remembers some detail about this stuff yeah if you know, if you already know your future you go well i could just change that no you can't that's your future right mm-hmm. yeah good question man. good question and that's one of those old-fashioned stoner questions that we could discuss for hours and come up to no answers because there's not really an answer <laughs> to that question nice turpo nice uh another one here from billy just a, a short question he says how do i turn my old small growing tent into a new drying tent now this is the problem because well, i have a 60 centimeter tent i have a one meter tent i have a 1. Uh, 1.2 meter and i only use the 1.2 meter if i was going to use my 60 centimeter tent as a drying tent i could only dry one plant at a time i couldn't take down a whole harvest and then dry everything so mm. th- that's something you need to consider but do you think you could monkey well see my tent uh, 60 uh, 60 by 60 is uh, 0.36 square meters i grow in my my tents are 0.45 so they're not that much bigger just mm-hmm. maybe you know point, 0.09 difference uh right. i can put four plants in one tent to dry at one time in that small tent that space but that came out of that size tent i can take two tents and put it into that one t- in, in Damn one really. tent. man when i fucking harvest Say if I harvest uh, from my uh, four do it by differently four. But you, you're cutting whole plants and hanging whole plants, right? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, what I'll do is uh, because I because I mainline, I'll cut each of the eight main lines and mm. I'll hang them from strings from from the top of the tent all the way down, almost to the floor. And I'll do this like so. Each plant, you know, I'll get the full length. I'll have seven, uh, six or seven feet of of buds going all the way to the ground on right. each string. Uh, yeah, sometimes Woody, I can't even I fit everything back it. in. I saw Woody do it, and it's like, oh, that makes all the sense in the world. It just basically stacked that thing like a smokehouse, mm-hmm. you know? 
and then just turn the fan on and let everything go. It takes a little bit of, uh, of doing, but you can really get a whole lot of stuff in there if you st start vertically stacking these things. What do you think, Marge? How would you turn your old small growing tent into a new drying tent? What would you do? Uh, I've never had a tent, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the biggest factor on that, Mackie, is going to be your humidity control. Don't uh, yeah. If you're going to have mm -hmm. ideal drying tent, I mean, I would put the AC Infinity fan in with the humidity controller on it, mm -hmm. or or an Inkbird controller for humidity or something like that. But if you get yeah. if you're building a dedicated drying tent, yeah, something with the humidity control for darn sure. And it's usually on a drying tent, I find that you need, you're going to need something that adds add and take away humidity at the same time. It's it's that balance between the two. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it's a good idea. Link it up to like an ink bird or something like that, so it, you can have the constant humidity and, and uh, temperature as well. If you could get like some aircon and constantly keep the temperature at a set level, so like eighteen degrees C, with nice air moving around the room with a uh, humidity control as well. That's going to be a beautiful drying room right there. You can just leave it 10 to 14 days and then, then the fucking shit's going to be dry beautifully, you know? So that, that's uh, the way you can do it, but it's uh, not cheap to do that kind of thing. It's an expensive setup. And I wouldn't use a small drying tent. I'd rather use a big one because that's how you <laughs> yeah. fit everything in, you know? <laughs> it's easier, but you know, some of us only have mm -hmm. small spaces to work in. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting question, man. Let, let us know what everybody thinks there in the chat. You know, what do you all think about, uh, or in the comments, what would you do? If you've got a small growing tent, do you use the same size tent because you can't fit everything back into a smaller tent? Because that's my problem. When I take everything down in a four by four and try to put it all back in, it never fucking fits. There's always some of that's left over on the outside. Yeah, on a typical grow, I'll, I'll be able to fit three tents inside of one tent. I can I can reduce the size enough to do that. It, you know, so and it, it's all about planning, Mackie. Yeah, yeah. Drying or, and and actually, my drying tent is actually it's tricked out so I've got a drying rack above my light rig, so that when it comes time to dry, I just take my light out. And the drying rack's already up there. Nice. Hang your strings down and go with it. So mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. get it get innovative, Billy. Take a look at it and dream a little bit. You know, if I could make it perfect, this is what I would do and, and, and go for it. Right, so we got one more question from Chilbert here, which kind of relates to Billy. He said, should Billy get a reverse osmosis machine for his water when it making ice wash bubble hash for increasing his purity levels? Just using Billy figuratively speaking could be another hash maker asking for a friend. I bet he's not asking for a friend. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Man, yeah, if you want to improve the purity levels of your hash and you're using tap water, get some RO, man. Even taking them few little contaminants out, you know, that, that, that's going to improve the quality of the hash for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. what Madame Cannoli said. That was one reason Frenchie was was going into the dry sip was because he believed it was mm. pure, no, less contamination involved. Mm-hmm. So, that's right man yeah. so yeah if you're looking at making high grade hash or ro water would be a great way to go man it would, any contaminants you can remove would be appreciated you know what do you think march i don't see why it would hurt mm -hmm. i mean if you have, to have the means then why not if you're saying madam cannoli recommends it then which yeah. incidentally i don't know if anybody has seen that she's running a lot of workshops right now with mm -hmm. um some of Frenchie's apprentices in the US of A. There may be yep. some in Canada as well, I think, if anybody has access to those or an interest. Yes. I'd love to go to one of those things, man. But, you know, mm -hmm. I live in the fucking UK. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, man. Don't worry. Don't worry, you... man. It almost feels like I live about that far away from, from California sometimes. No bet. You probably do, to be fair. <laughs> well, they're doing the workshops. I think the last one I saw, they might be having one coming up, one a couple coming up in New York. Uh, Oklahoma would work for me, and I could get that's that's within a day's drive, maybe. You know, mm -hmm. a long day, maybe. Hint, hint, Madam Cannoli. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you check out her Instagram, I think she's posting where the these workshops are going on. They're doing a bunch of them. Cool. Yes. I will check and Gilbert says, uh, everyone has a friend who benefits from questions asked on their behalf. 
Indeed, Chilbert. And that's what we like to do with this list of mail shit. You might already know the answer to some of the questions that you ask, but there's many people out there who don't know the answers to the questions, you know. So you asking those questions just to make sure that things get clarified is a great way to do things, man. You know, you might already know the answer, but doesn't mean everybody else does. Ask the question if you think it's a good one. Regarding the uh, reverse osmosis for making hash, if you want to be serious about your hash making, then yeah, definitely get on it, man. Get a RO filter and make some some quality fucking pure ash hash, man. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, I really should. I'm, I'm just too lazy, you know. But that means mm-hmm. I'd have to make myself, you know, like 60 gallons of RO water, have it standing uh, yeah. by and all. Well, I mean, you got to do multiple washes and all that stuff. It takes a yeah. while. So you, it would take a lot of water, so. But I, 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 I'm just not that quality of a hash maker right now. Not yet. Mm-hmm. But that's about all of the listener mail questions that we have. And we've spoke about water for quite a bit there. I hope everybody is cleared up on, you know, the best ways to get the, to optimize the water for their cannabis grow. But of course, if you have any questions at all regarding water or anything to do with your grow, you know, you can find us over at percysgrowroom.com. It's a forum for cannabis growers, people who grow cannabis for personal use. It's 100% free to join. And there's loads of good competitions, great community over there. You get all your questions answered by experienced growers. And, you know, we just encourage everybody to get over there and sign up. If you listen to the show and you enjoy it, then you'll definitely enjoy it over there. So get, get over to Percy's sign up. Free! Free! free. Yes. Yeah, man, so damn good show, everybody. Damn good show. I think everybody we're ready to move on to the And there we go, everybody. That was this week's Grow Guides. I hope this information has been useful to you. And if you need any help or have any questions, then of course, head over to percysgrowroom.com. Join the forum. It's a great community and you can find all the answers you need for anything regarding growing cannabis right over there on the forum. You can also join us on our Discord server, which is linked in the description of this download. So if you are on Discord, come and join our server. Percy's Grow Room and the Discord server, it's all 100% free. So do feel free to get signed up and get involved in the conversations we have over there. And if you have any questions, then please don't hesitate to come and ask. We are always happy to help. But as usual, thank you for being here and downloading the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We have the live show on Sunday where we're talking about transplanting cannabis plants, the best methods on how to do that without stressing your plant out too much. And of course, we will also be covering the cannabis news and events. But for now, have a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll catch you on Monday for the cannabis news and events if you're not around for the live stream on Sunday. And just in case you don't know where to find us, you can head over to youtube.com slash highonhomegrown and you'll be able to catch us live there on Sunday. So yes, have a good weekend. Stay high, stay safe, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you again for being here. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.